0: The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Let's have a conversation with Sally Pipes, President, CEO, and Thomas W. Smith Fellow in Healthcare Policy at the Pacific Research Institute. Her latest book is The Way Out of Obamacare. Sally, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show.
1: Well, thank you so much, Chris, for having me on.
0: Well, uh, the GOP's... (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, the GOP's attempt to adopt Obamacare as their own <laughs> has has failed. Uh, we I think you and I can agree that it is a failed model to have taxpayer money subsidizing an industry like the insurance industry. Uh, tell me where you think the Republicans are, are, are going wrong in their approach so far.
1: Well, I think, you know, they um, if they had trouble getting the House bill passed, um, uh, uh, um, uh, Paul Ryan had to pull the 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 vote on March 23rd, and it was done. And and so then it was finally the House bill was finally um, passed, and then um, and then of course it went to the Senate, and we've seen so much, you know, back and forth. The um, The BCRA um, came out and then on June 22nd and then on um, last Thursday, Mitch McConnell announced the amendments to the bill. But the problem is that that among the... The senators, the GOP has, only has 52 senators. So, you know, to get something through with a simple majority is difficult. But you have three factions within the Senate that are on the Republican side that couldn't agree the Murkowski Collins, who are, you know, worried about Planned Parenthood. And then you have the group of senators, uh, Shelley Moore Capito's, um, the Senator John Thune, um, Bill Cassidy, who, you know, wanted the Medicaid expansion to continue. And then you had the people on the right, the Rand Pauls, the Ted Cruz, the Mike Lees, who wanted to Real, um, re- repeal and replacement of Obamacare. So the BCRA, you know, really, um, it, in my mind, was Obamacare light. There were two things I liked. One was that people could, you know, um, uh, use the HSA to pay their premiums and that the money in your, you could double the amount. But basically, you know, so much of Obamacare was, was, was staying in place.
0: Yeah. And you know what? And to me, and that was the part that I found unacceptable was a surrender to the notion that we needed another massive entitlement here. And and you know what also really stuck in my craw was it seemed like the like Obamacare, the insurance companies were writing the damn thing. I mean, they they, they got instead of one hundred and twenty seven billion dollars, they got two hundred billion dollars designated for their coffers as extortion money to buy down premiums and to buy down rates using taxpayers' money. I mean, one way or another, the Americans' money was going to be extorted out of their pocket and into the insurance companies' coffers, and I found that unacceptable.
1: Well, and I did too, and the whole idea, you know, of, you know, when Obamacare passed, the the money was appropriated for the, the tax credits, but not for the cost-sharing reduction so that insurance companies could get, get paid $7 billion a year to cover people's, you know, lower income people's co-pays and things. And then they were going to continue this, you know, as you just said, under the, under the BCRA. It, it wasn't appropriated by Congress and it's it illegal and it shouldn't, shouldn't be happening. So it was a give mm-hmm. to, to the insurance industry and yet the insurance industry then came out and said they couldn't support the Cruz-Lee amendment, which would have allowed a non-compliant plan to exist in an exchange if the insurer offered a compliant plan. So the, the insurance industry really is out there lobbying for itself, and this whole uh, – the funding from taxpayers for the cost-sharing reductions was, in my mind, was a disaster.
0: Yeah, I think I think that the GOP uh, – there's no prayer of the other side of the aisle doing this, but I think the GOP should – instead of worrying about what the traitorous ins- – and I call them the traitorous insurance companies because they jumped in bed with Obama – to basically they put did. the screws to the American taxpayer, so I call them that. I think I think that the Republicans abandoned uh, uh, an industry that has already shown it to be uh, to to have its own best interest and sacrifice the best interest of the American people, uh, betrayers, if you will, of the free enterprise system. If if they abandon that and just stuck with stuck with what was good for the American people, they might get some success here. Sally, you've written a book. Sally Pipes, everybody, by the way, president and CEO. Thomas W. Smith Fellow in Healthcare Policy at the Pacific Research Institute, the way out of Obamacare. What is your prescription?
1: Well, I mean you know i mean the um, uh, the Obamacare that was signed into law. Seven years and four months ago, the Republicans have been talking about repeal and replace for all of that time. And they get into office, they promise the American people repeal and replace, and now we're in this giant, giant mess. But, you know, from my mind, we want a health care plan that would... Empower doctors and patients, not the federal government. So one of the biggest issues in a replacement plan is changing the tax code. Because if you have employer-based coverage, which you know, um, 160 million Americans actually have employer-based coverage, but if you lose or quit your job, you go into the individual market. You have to buy your insurance plan with with after-tax dollars. So I would like to see that. the tax code change so we can level that playing field so that individuals aren't discriminated against. Ultimately, I I believe that people shouldn't be getting their health insurance through their employer. It was a gift during World War II to employers, but it's really caused a great distortion in the market. Oh, yeah.
0: We all all know the history. The reason why that happened was because Congress had a bright idea of limiting compensation for people, limiting your wages. So to attract good people, they, uh, the, the company started offering health coverage as, as part of a perk or a benefit to make up for their capped wages, which is, again, another brilliance of, of the United States Congress. Meanwhile, while all this is going on, Sally, the, the fallacy that Obamacare is covering everybody is also falling apart. We learned from Bernie Sanders in the last election cycle that 29 million Americans still remain uninsured, even under... Uh, Obamacare. And that trend is continuing from what I understand. You guys have discovered this, yes?
1: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, President Obama, when he was selling the Affordable Care Act said he had two main goals one was bringing the cost of health care down from you know down to about 940 billion over 10 years the second was getting rid of you know the, the number of uninsured which was about 44 million in the country yet Bernie Sanders is right we still have 28 million people uninsured the Affordable Care Act did not eliminate the problem of the uninsured and the polling shows that for those people that are still uninsured and the number is up for last year The reason is because the the premiums under Obamacare are so expensive. I mean, remember the president promised people the average premium for a family would go down by $2,500 a year? The average family premium has gone up. And so a lot of people that are uninsured today, they're paying that penalty of $695 or 2.5% of income, whichever is greater, because they find the premiums are too high. And in many cases, even if they do pay the premium, they can't, can't afford the deductible. So... And then when you look at who is covered, who were the 16 million new people covered? Many of them were people who moved on to Medicaid under the Medicaid expansion. Ah, I am and so glad we'll you mentioned
0: me. that. You, you know who told us that yesterday was Ezekiel Emanuel, one of these. Uh, well, like I, I nicknamed him the weasel because he really just is. But he, he jumped on Fox News and said <clears throat> the Republican plan would remove uh, f- it, over 15 million people who were placed on Medicaid improperly uh, because they're able-bodied and they were 200 to 400 percent of poverty level, which, of course, Medicaid was never founded to help that group of people. So, But Obama threw them on Medicaid, and so that's what he was saying. We, we gave them these goodies, and now the Republicans want to take back these goodies that should never have been offered to begin with. Yes?
1: Absolutely, and I think, you know, one of the issues is that Medicaid is available for people earning on under below 138% of the federal poverty level. That, But, you know, what's happened is that I think that a lot of people who, you know, signed on to Medicaid under the expansion plan in the 31 states that did that, a lot of people, if they had the chance in their job to move up and make more money, are going to say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that promotion or that job because I'd rather, you know, stay – stay on Medicaid. So it's an anti-work program as well.
0: Yeah. Hey, Sally, I, I mean, we, we're not going to solve it here in one interview, but we'll get you back on. Sally Pipes, everybody, President, CEO, and Thomas W. Smith Fellow in health care policy at the Pacific Research Institute. Her latest book is called The Way Out of Obamacare. Sally, appreciate you carving out time for the Salcedo Show. Thank you so much. Take care. 888-900-3393. That is the phone number here at the Chris Salcedo Show if you want to weigh in. I found that uh, passage. Now, I don't have the sound bite, but I do have the exact quote from Chucky Schumer. And Chucky Schumer, as you heard in the top of the hour news, is trying to uh, rewrite history. And say the Democrats, we we were shut out by those mean and nasty Republicans, and we were trying to fix Obamacare because we screwed up so bad, and we were we wanted to be able to help. But mean old Mitch McConnell, because you know Mitch McConnell, folks, he's so dang mean. <laughs> you know Mitch McConnell, uh, just can't uh, just can't be reasoned with. He's such a terror. I have to take you back to, uh, let's see, when was the date of this? This was the 21st of March. Schumer, GOP Obamacare plan's third prong won't pass Senate. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer warned on Tuesday that Democrats will not support additional health care reform legislation as part of the GOP plan to repeal and replace Obamacare. Quote, all Republicans in the House and Senate should hear this. Democrats will not... Help Republicans repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act in one phase, two phases, or three phases, Schumer, uh, Schumer said. Toomer said. Start calling him Chuck Toomer. <laughs> I, I, that might catch on. Let's let let's just start calling him the senator from New York, Chuck Toomer. <laughs> I'll repeat that again. So when you hear the top of the hour news, or oh, that newscaster said, oh, Chuck Schumer says, oh, not so fast. From March, Chuck Schumer declared, quote, all Republicans in the House and Senate should hear this. Democrats will not help Republicans repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act in one phase, two phases, or three phases, Schumer said. And now he's coming up saying, we were shut out. We couldn't, we couldn't get in and we couldn't do it. Mitch McConnell was so mean. What a joke. And it goes to show you folks, these, these Democrats would sell their mother up the river. Filthy, stinking, rotten liars. All in an effort to gain control over you. What a Gosh, I can't, I I cannot stand liars. I just can't stand them. Just ticks me off. dribble eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three, eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. Uh by the way, did you guys speaking of Democrats and a rare moment of truth from one Democrat, James Carville, came out uh what was this a couple days ago? And talked about the likelihood of Republicans, or Democrats rather, be taking the Senate. If a party is out of power and we don't have a presidential candidate, there's no one going to be in charge until sometime in 2020 when we decide on a presidential candidate. But I think right now most Democrats are trying to focus on the 2018 elections and you're trying to recruit people and to keep incumbents. And, you know, I, I would say we have a pretty good chance of taking the House back. The Senate is very, very difficult. Yeah the house a good good luck with the house by the way but you know i will say this folks the democrats chances of taking back the house will go up exponentially they're not very high right now but they will go up exponentially if the republican party doesn't do the right thing on obamacare trust me on this i mean you can just take your own personal gauge how many of you would show up in 2018 for this republican party well not me not me all right up next we will uh, talk about socialism. Some college kids were asked, do you like socialism? They said, yeah, <laughs> we like socialism. It's so great. Well, can you define socialism? Duh, duh, duh. We will uh, let you guys hear it for yourself. Hey, it's don't, don't blame me. It's what the hell they're learning inside of college classrooms. Gee, they're not learning.